0: Welcome to the Hide Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Dean, and we'd like to let you know where you can find us. The best way to find our socials is on our link tree at The Barons Hideout, which has our Twitter, Instagram, and podcast links. And you
1: can find me on Instagram at deanofthedeadhotsauce, on Facebook under Dean Sharp, and also my website, www.Deanofthedead.com.
0: Lastly, if you wish to support us further, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $1 a month. Now, to the show. host, Dustin. Today, we're doing a full movie review, not an essential picks, not an interview. I know our movie reviews this year have been kind of sparse and in between. We've been doing a lot more interviews and a lot more just um, highlights in a couple films for our Screenbox Essential Picks. Um, this year, I mean, been trying things out a little differently, especially with everything, and trying to see what works the best on the show is it the interviews movie reviews um the screen box essential picks is a little bit of everything um and i've kind of discovered that the other two the screen box and the interviews have been doing really really well and the movie reviews have been kind of drifting down a little bit i don't know if it's just cuz there's so many other podcasts out there covering the same movies talking about the same things so I like to go and highlight movies when I come across them to do a full movie review, whether with me or with Dean or another host. And um, I like to try to pick these special ones that I really want to talk about and um, do a, a little bit of a deep dive in um, and try to keep up with, you know, current events and whatnot. Just, not just things that are playing in theaters, but also in the, the streaming world, and everything like that. So today... The movie that we are going to be talking about is one that really blew me away because of how ridiculous it is. And also the runtime. I looked at the runtime, I was like, sometimes when movies are going two hours plus, it can be a little dry. It can be a little like, okay, are we going to cut to the chase now? Um, what's going to be happening? This film, you are buckled up the entire time and you may go through a couple crashes and you're still buckled up until the very end when things start really happening. You are unbuckled and you got flung right out the windshield man. You're, you're in it. You are in it. Uh, so today the film that we're talking about is of course a movie on Screenbox that got released onto the platform a couple days ago called Project Wolf Hunting. And this movie is for the Gorehounds. This is a foreign film. It's bonkers, it is nonstop roller coaster, and it's so entertaining because of how over the top some things can be and how super deeper fun the film is and seeing all these characters that you get quickly introduced to kind of get thrown into the blender. You know it's it's so crazy. Um, so to start us off, I'll read the synopsis. I'll go over Rotten Tomatoes and see if there's any information on there that I can find and add to it. So we have uh, follows dangerous criminals on a cargo ship who are transported from the Philippines to South Korea as they unleash a sinister force after an escape attempt leads
1: to a riot.
0: And I feel like that synopsis. Really highlights what it is. It's very short. Sometimes IMDb can very be hit or miss, but that that nails it right on the head. um So let's see if there's a
1: score on IMDb. It has a six point one out of ten. That's pretty good. uh I don't know if this is going to have the release date. i have to go over to Rotten Tomatoes. So why don't we do that? Let's go Rotten Tomatoes. The release was twenty twenty two. Has anything below? Sometimes is. Nope. It was released to theaters October seventh, twenty. Very limited. Is a foreign film directed by Kim Hong Sung, and it is so good. It's also written by him. The runtime is two hours. Gore. It is certified fresh, and it deserves it. It's an
0: 88%. It's only got 49 reviews on it. So that's that's pretty damn good. And for the audience score is a 69% with 50 plus rating. I imagine this is going to go up now that it's on Screenbox. Now, I say it a lot because of how much I do for Screenbox, how much I do for us and, and whatnot, that they really are bringing the game. They have been adding so many great films, foreign, local, um, old titles that people may have not have, heard of like the last episode I did for Screenbox Essential Picks I put in for Falls I never heard of the film it's from, it was from 2007 and it's really good it holds up really really well it has a little bit of that early you know 2000s tropes in there um but camera wise and whatnot but with this film being modern it being foreign and it not holding any punches back and that's one thing that I have been realizing so much from all the foreign um, Korean, Vietnamese, and Japan. Um, films that have been brought on to not even just like Screenbox, but also on Shutter and some other uh, streaming services that I have seen is how ridiculously bad shit the storytelling is and the cinematography, the effects can be, and just how much they put into their cinema. I don't want to say over here in the West, in America, that we don't put a lot into our cinema. This is something so different when it comes to foreign films. And I said this on the last episode that there's something that we just can't tap into for some reason. They have this, this way of filmmaking. I don't know whether it be how their crews are or how the mentality is on set or what they're expecting people to do. Or if it's just because they're writing and, and how they do things isn't really put to a format. Here, if you put a movie and you want it to be a big hit and you want to put it through Hollywood there's a fucking format you gotta go through you gotta do all these things, you gotta hit every single fucking bullet note that they want and if you don't hit those things they're not gonna make your film unless you go independent and I will say, the independent scene has been going pretty brutal been going very very brutal here in uh, America and even overseas UK and stuff like that so it's such an awesome time to be a fan of horror or a fan of cinema in general because of the amount of indie movies making it to theaters and going to streaming services and finding a life finding a community and a place for it to grow is amazing. You don't see this really happening on like these other big streaming you got like Netflix who's like canning so many films, so many shows. You got um even Hulu I think has been doing that. They've been canning a lot of things. And um now we got the, the writer's strike going on and that's rightfully so. They need to they need to get more for their work. They
1: need them to be looked at differently and not just for something to be handed in.
0: I've been reading a lot of things on the internet of people who have had shows that were submitted, but these streaming services don't want to put it out because they're afraid that it's not going to pull enough numbers. I say fuck that. I'm so done with numbers, man. I, like, I think as a society, and also as a, a moviegoer and somebody who does a podcast, I don't give a fuck how many eyes are on your film. I really, really don't. I re- if I like it, I will review it. If you send me a film and you're an indie filmmaker, you have something on on YouTube and you send it to me. And if I really enjoy it and if I have the time to do it, I'm going to review it. I will make sure that I'll take time to do it. And this is why I love Screenbox so much. It's because they are giving so many of these great films, these great filmmakers, indie filmmakers, foreign filmmakers, local filmmakers, wherever it may be. It could be anywhere in the fucking world. You have a home in Screenbox. And they just keep upping the amount of titles they put on their platform a month and they're still the cheapest platform out there and i hope it stays like that even if they have to bump it up like a dollar or two that hey that's fine it's still like 5 bucks a month maybe a little less than that um and if you do you know a full year it's i think it's only like 50 bucks a year or something like that so it's so cheap you go and watch these films and to see what they're putting on there and they are highlighting foreign filmmaking a lot. And I love that. Cinedigm has been doing such a great job. Brendan Hill. I, I have to. Hats off to you. man, for everything that you're doing. As the, you're over there at Cinedigm. And acquiring all these awesome films. And even TV shows. To put onto Screenbox. And also Blade Disgusting. For them doing what they're doing. And I also have to give a huge shout out. To Alex DiVincenzo. He just put out a big article for the event that I am doing next month in Salem at Cinema Salem for a film that I was a part of very, very small and it's written and directed by Nick Birdie, very local filmmaker. He did his first film that was shown at Salem Horror Fest uh, two years ago called Cockazoid. So this is his second film and I'm hosting it and it's going to be a Q and a three posters for everybody who grabs a ticket. Tickets are only 10 bucks if you go going bloody disgusting right now and you read the article, you have a chance to enter for a pair of tickets. We're giving away five pairs of tickets um, for anybody who wants to enter and wants to film part of it. Um, if you are a ticket holder, whether you win the giveaway or if you buy a ticket, you are getting a free badass poster. I haven't posted any images of it yet because it's still cooking, but I got some uh, rough drafts of it today and it looks sick being made by gareth gibbs he's been doing a lot of really cool things in the horror community independent artist right now and he does a lot of work he's been actually doing work with Screenbox stuff like that he does posters shirts. he's an awesome awesome guy and um thank you so much alex for literally making my year and i'm so excited for next month it's it's crazy and it's it's approaching very very soon, so make sure you guys are grabbing those tickets now. We have about 150 seats that we can sell, and um, if we if we get that packed, I'm gonna be so happy. Um, but thank you guys for anybody who's been supporting the channel, who's been supporting the show, wherever you watch us on YouTube, or if you're listening to us through Spotify, wherever it may be, you guys are amazing. And I know there's been a lot of changes going on with the show as well, with us getting off of Patreon and now. Doing things exclusively on either our um, podcast distributor or on YouTube or even on Twitch where I'm doing stream. Thank you guys so much for the support. It means a lot. But back to the film, Project Wolf Hunting. This movie is two hours and two minutes. so There's a lot that goes on. Um, but I'm probably going to take a couple moments to highlight the things that I really like about this film. I'm going to keep this review short. Um, I like to do that when I don't have Dean I feel like me just rambling on and you just listening to me the whole time can be a little boring. <laughs> so I'll say that we start off with um, you know there's like um, a newscast that's going on as an escort, and you find out that there's a bunch of criminals
1: that are being put onto this giant boat to be moved from the Philippines to what was it South Korea? So they, they're going there and they get aboard here and then there's a, another
0: group of uh, cops or agents over there that pretty much
1: hijack what's called um, um, Frontier, Frontier Titan. So it's a big ass ship that's being
0: And you now you see all these characters, they all get locked up in this area, this holding cell and then we get introduced a doctor and a nurse you hear earlier that um, they couldn't get the doctor that they wanted so there's this one guy who was calling around at local um, doctors and trying to get him so they found this guy and he, he gets on there and then we start to find out that this doctor is a little sketchy going down and he sees he meets these two individuals that are in the basement of the ship and then you see this guy this this lifeless guy who looks dead, hooked up to a machine who is a, on a breathing tube, and then they're giving him instructions to essentially sedate this guy. He needs to be sedated, blah 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 blah. And then um, a lot of crazy things start to happen. There's a, one of the inmates, he has a lockpick. Spits it up, and unlocks it, and then all hell fucking breaks loose. Um, so One of the scenes that I really, really enjoyed is the one when they all break out and start killing everybody, and then you find out there's a a group of individuals that are on the ship that were essentially, I guess, hired and or friends of some of these inmates. You start to realize that these inmates also know each other. They are in this tight-knit group, essentially. Find out that some people are murderers, some people um, uh, stole shit, some people killed like their husband and then like their in-laws and like all these crazy, crazy things. Um, so they all break out and then they they meet up with the folks that they either have hired or knew. And they have to take over the main deck. Destroy all of the, the relays and any communicators and satellite. It goes back to the main base where the guys took over. And then they can't find the ship. (laughs) The ship is supposed to be going from one point to the next point. And and halfway through that, they get cut off from all communications. And you find out that there is a a satellite phone at the very bottom of the ship in the basement. So they go. uh, The remaining people, they go and find this satellite phone. And they find out that the group that had broken out. I've destroyed it. And then about an hour into this film, because there's a lot of stuff that happens leading up, like everybody there's a bunch of people being killed, a lot of people being converted, uh, you know, chases going on, and then a lot of like background stories that happen. I'm not gonna go into too much detail because there's a lot to talk about in this film, but from, I want to say, the 15-minute mark to the very end of this film, there is blood, guts, arms, heads, everything, like, all over the place in this ship, dude. It is ridiculous. It is so fun to watch. You know, sometimes I like to um, delve into the, the gore realm of horror and just enjoy a splatter fest because this is exactly what it is. There's a lot of bodies, a huge body count. If Dead Meat does an episode on this one, good luck, dude. Seriously, good fucking luck. Um, but yeah, they um essentially meet up at the very in the basement of where this uh, satellite phone would be. They meet there and they have a confrontation, and then you hear something. Something has awakened because I guess uh, where they were storing a lot of his bodies, the blood was dripping down, and it it kind of got into this guy that was I was saying lifeless, and and we don't really see exactly. How he came back to life? I don't know if it was the blood. I was thinking the blood was like touching him and it gave him his strength back or something because he's been dated. Um, it, he comes back and this guy is a beast. Like you, when he's walking, the floor is loud as hell. You can tell how heavy this guy is and how strong he is. And he's also got like a a tattoo that you can see that he was probably pro, part of some sort of project, which I would imagine is what. The movie is called Project Wolf Hunting. You don't really get a lot of information on this project other than how this guy was made. You, you never really hear them say Project um, Wolf Hunting only at the very beginning when somebody is flipping through um, some files and it's Project Hunting on it. So it's pretty crazy. So at this point, everybody that's in that room, only about 10%. Of them survive. Because this guy is going nuts. they shooting at them. He's like running through everything. He's grabbing people. He's squishing their heads. He's throwing them into things. He's like people are fighting each other. And there's like knives, guns, everything that's going on. It is ridiculous. And then it turns into a game of uh, cat and mouse. Where this guy is essentially finding everybody. And killing all of them. Especially if they're going after each other. But there is this one guy who stands out. The main bad dude who you think is gonna last to the end, he kinda bites the dust. And um he gets it. He gets fucking crushed with a sledgehammer. Spoiler alert. There's a lot of spoilers in here, but I'm gonna try not to um say too many. Um yeah, he gets crushed with a sledgehammer that's so glorious. It is so glorious. But there's this one guy, I wanna call him the thug because everybody essentially calls him that, that he's a thug. Um and then he has like this weird connection. To something that happened to him in the past. But also to this other guy. Um, that's killing everybody. So it turns into you know, a game of cat and mouse. Uh, you see people you haven't seen in a while. Get killed. This guy is killing them. Um, let me go through my notes. Really. I'm not missing it. Um, too crazy. Um, also he's got like a, a, a predator vision. Uh, this guy has got his eyes are essentially stapled shut. But he can see.
1: Um you know, body heat kinda cool. Um, uh, one of the
0: guys says he has like an outdated uniform. He's saying, Oh, this is back from like the nineteen forties during World War Two, stuff like that. So you get a little bit of background with that. Um and then we get to the point where there's a couple of guys who were trying to get to lifeboat escape because they see everything that's going on. And then the monster goes and kills them and
1: unlatches
0: lifeboat and then we see back at where the doctor is he uh essentially gets hunted down, and his nurse gets killed and he has to uh go away and there's an awesome head squish that happens to um during all this It is really, really cool. Uh, Another thing I want to touch on is that the music in this film is actually pretty good, even though it's very cinematic. It it seems very stock, but the way that it's used is so good. and It it really gets you the mood of seeing people get ripped apart and and killed. It's really, really, really cool. Um, So then we get a little bit of the background of the monster after they all have to go down to the basement. You get more information from folks that were watching this guy who essentially hired the doctor because the doctor goes and talks about oh he essentially took this job because you can make a lot of money by just sedating the guy that's now killing everybody every six hours he was supposed to be heavily sedated that way this wouldn't happen and then it happened <laughs> um, so he was again it was really good money and then they go back and talk about um, well we don't talk about what we see back in 1943 this the guy who's killing everybody is on this on the table there's a bunch of doctors and a bunch of um, soldiers and like, oh, okay, we, we sedated him he's great he, he's dead Well he's not dead, but he's just he's out right And then the monitor starts going off and wakens and kills everybody.
1: So cool. like the body count in here has to be like a hundred plus. I'm not even kidding it has to be like a hundred bodies plus. Um,
0: then we jump to another main guy who I was reading for the whole time he's the lead detective on the boat finds one of the other inmates who was um, who survived after this crazy elevator um, section that happened that's so cool I don't want to spoil too much of it because it's so fun to watch and it happens but um, he gets to the kitchen area and he puts the girl in the freezer and I think the reason why he was doing that is to kind of hide um, body temp. I don't know if they knew that he could see like temperature and stuff, but in my mind, I was like, okay, to hide in the body temperature, and also there's a bunch of dead bodies in there, so she could just play dead, essentially. And then he has this one off with the monster, and he takes his arm off, like he bites his arm off. It is so crazy. Um, but then um, he the monster opens it up, and he's like sniffing and like looking at the girl, and then he hears a helicopter coming inbound. But then he, and then the girl leaves and goes to where the folks from the helicopter came off, which is some of the guys back from the main base that they took over. And then they kill her because he says that she's talking too much and that there's no monster aboard and blah, 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 blah. And then you meet up with the other folks because they also hear the helicopter. So everybody meets together. So it's another meeting. There's a lot of meetings in this film. All super deep fun. And then the uh, other detective, the, the girl detective, was another person I was rooting for to survive this whole thing. Gets killed. So I'll, everybody that you in much are like, oh yeah, this person's going to make it. They may not make it. <laughs> so um, don't hold on to anybody too long because they will not last that long, I promise. Um, and then
1: after that, the monster comes back and then there's a fight uh, the, the main the,
0: the main guy who uh, was running this whole thing and then you got the thug and then you got the monster and apparently these three guys were all part of the same project at different points in their life so then you have a giant monster bash essentially of normal dudes being killed and arms ripped off and smacked about and legs being chopped off and
1: shit. And and it it goes down to the real main bad guy takes out
0: the monster. And we're left with him and the thug. And then we see a little bit of background of the thug that he was um, brutally injured essentially dead Um, and then there was a raid that happened that the main bad guy was a part of and they brought these guys back and they um, directed a lot of these guys to um, I want to say project wolf hunting and to see who would survive and most of them didn't go to like I guess this body farm where there's a bunch of pigs and shit and they dump all the dead bodies there because I guess the pigs will the dead people Um, I don't know if I've seen a lot of films of Pigs had bodies. Um, but that's that's pretty, pretty cool. And then the thug awaken, Kills these guys. And then the rest is history. And then you find out that he had a, a wife and a, and a child. You get Flashbacks of the main guy. Essentially doing something to that child. And then we have uh, the final fight. That's between those two. Jump off the water. Jump into the water. And there's
1: a giant stab that happens. And then we find out that the the kid of the thug is still alive. That
0: The Thug 1. Um, it's a very, very quick, brief overview of this film. Very fun. There's a lot of scenes in here that, that everybody needs to go and check out. I love this film. I'm going to watch it again, even though it's very long. But I want to see some of these people get ripped apart again. I really, really do. Um, and as always... Thank you so much for always listening to the show and supporting us. And there's going to be a lot more live events that are going to be happening throughout the year. I'm just waiting to get this one solidified and and not I don't want to say over with, but I want it to happen um, to see what the turnout's like and to see what I can do next. And maybe we'll do something else with Nick. We can maybe show his first film or whatever it may be. There's a lot of cool things happening this year. Not just for me, but for Dean as well. He's moving into the U.S. with his hot sauces. His U.S. site is almost done, guys. So anybody in the U.S. who's itching to try some of his sauces, his site will be up in, I think, less than a month. But he's telling me. so I'm super excited. We're going to be having some merch made for the show, too. We have some T-shirts made that Gareth is also going to be designing for us. And I'm super excited for it. Um, just a huge thanks to everybody, Alex, bloody disgusting screen box, our listeners, anybody who follows us on, on the socials, y'all rock seriously. And I never really thought that I would be able to do something in my life that would be huge. You no, know? um, I know it to some people. It may not seem big. Oh, no, you got an article written in Blade Disgusting. Oh, yeah, you have a podcast. Oh, you're doing a live event. A lot of people do those. Yeah, but where I am from and, and just how I how I grew up and seeing that, there's been a lot of attempts to do things to be big with like my dad. He owns his own business, and he's had a lot of things in, in the news locally for his business. And he does things with cars so it's it's very competitive you know and the podcast community is very i want to say it's competitive but it's also so embracing and so loving because everybody supports each other but to be able to do live events do things with local filmmakers to have a write-up and play disgusting do things for a streaming service i love is amazing and i i couldn't do any of this without everybody who's listening so thank you for doing what you're doing um, stay for more because there's some really really cool things I have a couple of interviews that I think everybody's going to be super stoked for it's going to be coming out very soon um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in I know this is a short episode but um, we'll be back with some longer ones I promise so go check out the Screenbox Essential picks that I put out this week this one's coming out and then there will be another Screenbox Essential picks coming out over the weekend so I'm trying to make up for the time that I wasn't posting a lot because of everything that's going on with the live event.
1: So Once again, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you on the next one.